friends, we are back with another spine-chilling, thrilling episode of Chinwag. I am your host, Paul Giamatti, and you are, sir? I am Stephen Asma, fellow <laughs> chinwagger and uh, pubescent boy with breaking up voice. <laughs> it's wonderful to be here with you as you go through puberty, Steve. It's wonderful. Thank you. It's right special here. for me. No, you really have I you you have you have dulcet tones, Steve. I really think you do. You have a voice for radio. Way as they used to say in the old days. A face for radio. Thank you. <laughs> Indeed. You know, before we launch into uh the second part of our extraordinary interview with UFO investigator Katie Page, I would like to uh you know do a little house cleaning, a little business and say please go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review us. Why not? Just take yes. a, just five minutes out of your day. It's not a it big. It really deal. helps. It really helps, yes. and we know that there's a lot of you guys out there who uh, love the sort of topics of UFOs and the paranormal and ghosts, and yet you're embarrassed to admit it and come out on these issues. But here, <laughs> are, yeah. we this, we love you. Yeah. <laughs> we embrace no, you to our bosom. Yes, yes, you're safe here. You're safe yeah, here. You're, you're safe. Yes, we embrace you to our bosom. Great, Steve. That's going to put everybody off. <laughs> Just five stars, something like that. And also, you know, it's also we've been it's been really wonderful reading comments, reading emails. Yeah. We've been getting really fascinating, wonderful ones. And I think we would like at some point to probably read them on the air. I think that's an Absolutely. idea we have a little something up our sleeves uh, in that uh, regard. But anyway, enough of that. Enough of that sort of business. Let's get down to brass tacks. We left you last week uh, with a bit of a cliffhanger, I would say. Uh, we've been talking about what, Steve? We were covering what? Cattle uh, mutilation? Alien, yeah, alien abductions. Cattle mutilations fascinates yeah. me. And we get into that uh, this time, and it's remarkable. Yeah, and a lot of really interesting information about that. We get into Bigfoot, which I think is interesting, because yeah. who knew, talking about UFOs, we were going to get into Bigfoot, Steve? I know. It always goes to Bigfoot. It and also time does. travel. We're going to get into time travel well, as well. That's, we're going to find out, because <laughs> and frankly, man. yeah, and Hatman. Hatman and Shadow people. People, but but that that's coming up. Time travel. Uh, Katie Katie blew our tiny minds by bringing up a little something called Project Looking Glass, indeed, which may or may not have something to do with time travel. Oh, Steve, it's a brave new world, isn't it? It's it really is. a brave new world. I the suspense is killing me, Steve, and I'm sure it's killing you. No, I'm I'm fine with it. <laughs> Okay. All right, Steve. You're cool as a cucumber, aren't you? You're a block of ice, yeah, Steve. It's fine. You're a mumbleable. You're like Steve McQueen, aren't you? <laughs> Unflappable. All righty. Well, anyway, I'm dying of suspense. Let's pick up where we left off with Katie Page. Steve, let me ask you a personal question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> do, you have, do you have a mother, Steve? I do indeed. Fantastic. Don't we all? <laughs> yeah, well, yes, we all do, but I'm sure you're a good son and you love your mother, don't you, Steve? Uh, uh, the best. I'm like legendary. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Very good. Well, I got a tip for you. You can really win Mother's Day. Win your mother over on Mother's Day. Cement your reputation as this really good son. Give your mom an Aura digital picture frame. Have you heard of these things, Steve? Yes, I have. They're loaded up with decades of photos. You can just like hook them up to the phone and then you get the photos running through it, kind of scrolling through it. You seen these things? Yeah, they're great. They're really cool. Yeah, and you can get everything. Uh, and Pictures of your mom, pictures of whoever, your family, your brothers, all, all these things things. They're a wonderful item. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com 
to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code word chinwagpod at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This is Paul Giamatti speaking. And this is Stephen Asma. And this episode of Chinwag is sponsored by BetterHelp. It is indeed, Steve. Let me ask you a blunt question. Do you ever feel stuck, Steve? <laughs> I'm serious. Do you ever feel kind of stuck in the mud? Every day, my friend. Yeah. Every damn day. And then what happens is you get overwhelmed because you're kind of stuck, right? True. As I get older, and I am getting older, folks, I may not look it. You may <laughs> think, oh, he's like Dorian Gray. He's going backwards. Yeah, wow. He's, <laughs> he's, he's going backwards. I am getting older, folks. It's hard to believe. The thing I notice is how important it is to maintain a balance. You know, I guess you'd call it work life balance. I don't think I'm alone here, but therapy's helped me do this, this balance. It can help you find equilibrium. It can help you feel more empowered in the decisions you make, the boundaries and priorities you set. It's good in that way. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. And all you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Sometimes that's hard, right, to find the right person. So this helps. You can change. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with better help. Visit betterhelp.com slash chinwag today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash chinwag. I believe that there's definitely weird stuff going on. There's all kinds of like, they're developing all kinds of invisible aircraft and stuff like that. I mean, they, they really syndrome. are. And I mean, that shit is actually going on. And I mean, they've done all this crazy stuff, the remote right. viewing stuff. And yeah. they've done plenty of crazy stuff. I'm sure there's guys at the Rand Corporation <laughs> working on time travel <laughs> yes. and shit like that. I mean, they're doing it. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, but, that might have even existed, right? Time Project, travel? Yeah, Project Looking Glass. In your defense. Wait a second. <laughs> oh, Project Looking Glass. Yeah, all right, yeah. of course. Wait a second. Just tell me, what is Project Looking Glass? <laughs> what is it? Well, it, it's supposedly that we learned how to time travel, and we were jumping timelines, and it became so convoluted, they had to stop it. Because it became so complex. Because, you know, oh, time sure. is not linear, right? Yes. Yeah, time yeah, yeah. is cyclic. You know, it's all out there. So yeah, it's this it's whole all thing. over the place. So there's so many of that. But to your defense, I went to Canyon City one day to do a presentation. And I, I kind of like to arrive early when I go places, you know, typically. And so I was a couple hours early. <laughs> and I come into this, like, building I wasn't supposed to be in. It was a newspaper. And, and the editor was there. And he's like... Um, what are you here for? I'm like, well, you know, you're not going to believe this is what I'm talking about. And he was a high, high up in General Electric. Uh -huh. And we talked for an hour and a half. And he basically, I mean, he had high clearances. He basically told me that we are at least 40 years more advanced in our technology and, and propulsion than what people know. Oh, really? So in your defense, That's interesting. a lot of this could be ours. That makes sense because I, I see That's those tic-tac you know, crafts moving around, and I'm like, that looks that like seems, nothing. Yeah. But but then maybe we are 
that far advanced. And when you, I hear be. you say that, I'm like, oh, well, maybe. Well, it, it could is. be that, that could we're be. coming back. We're time travelers coming back. That's that a theory, too. That we've gotten ourselves ahead. I've heard it. Yeah, I've yeah. heard all that, too. That we've we've come back because it's sort of the, the time traveling thing has allowed us to come back with this technology from the future. Right. I think that that like solves like one problem with a bigger problem. <laughs> <laughs> just like creates a whole other fucking ball of wax. And that's what happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is what happens. And then happens. there's Dr. Michael Masters um, uh -huh. who talks about the evolution of humanity and how we're evolving and eventually we might become the greys. Uh-huh. Which you know? I've heard people talk about that. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. The, the, what about the lizard people thing? What is the that reptilians. about? Yeah, yeah, the reptilians. What, what the reptilians. The Anunnaki or whatever they're called. Is that what they're called? Isn't there a name for them, something like that? The only thing I want to say about all the different races, because there's different. There's the reptilians. There's the tall greys. There's the short greys. There's the, there's <laughs> the Nordics, yeah. you know. And there's some really unusual ones that are kind of outliers that have, like, elephant noses and different type, you know, my weird guys. Um, <laughs> Two big so, guys. But here, here, here's guys. my personal feeling on that is if somebody is going to tell you, well, that particular type is from planet Reticuli and this and that and that, and this is what they want and this is what their motive is. And blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, right. How do we know? We yeah. don't know. They're good. They're bad. People yeah. like to put them in boxes. Are we all good? Are we all bad? No. Yeah. Like, so I kind of stay away from that and yeah. trying to label because we're just putting our own. So, so there is, there are like theories about reptilian, you, like you're yeah, not going is, there. Like but the they, bad reptilians. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What is yeah. the whole reptilian? But that goes I'm, back pretty far too, doesn't it? I mean, it, that goes it, back into the it 70s. It really does. And, and maybe there is, maybe there's some truth. I mean, there's the whole big Galactic Federation theory. There's what a secret that? space program. The Galactic Federation is basically a bunch of different races or species of extraterrestrials, you know, meeting at a table very much like this and, and deciding the fate of the universe and in the different people on the different planets. And, and some people believe, and I wouldn't disagree with them, that as far as evolution goes, we're like the children in the uh -huh. universe. We're, we have, we're, we're at the violent. children's table. We're violent. Yeah. The, but, you know, I some people we like to paint. But we have a lot of beautiful Nico. things, I think, as humans. You know, we have beautiful art and music. And Ooh. so I think we're a really great species. And I think there's people out there like helping us evolve and to get more spiritually well, that's the, that's invited. That's like 2001. That's the monolith yeah, thing. Yeah, that there's exactly. something beckoning us forward yeah. that we need that's beckoning us forward. But, but part of me believes that. That's a, and, and, I mean, that, that's you mentioned this earlier, Paul. That's part of this older tradition, which is like in – like Celtic traditions, there would be like fairies that would mm -hmm. come and bring you true. wisdom. And yeah. then it, or they'd like, like make your butter and repair your shoes. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. They would help. Yeah, yeah they would help. Yeah. They would like, help. You know. But then there were also kinds of uh, abductions, <laughs> as it were, like to elf yes. land and yes. to fairy land. Yeah. And then the person would return and they'd sort of have some new wisdom. Yeah. So there's some, not that there's, I think that's happening. Yeah. I just think it's a human psychological phenomenon. This is yeah. my view. Like I think the I think these are all very imaginative, but they're not like but, delusions. They're just hopeful thinking. But it's the thing that I've, I'm always saying about the abduction phenomenon that I, I say to myself, let's just say that it's not objectively happening. It's still interesting. It's still something. It's important. still super yeah. interesting. If it's completely yeah. a product of our psychic apparatus, that's really interesting. It is. Why? And that's John Mack was saying that early on, who was yeah. this Harvard yeah. psychiatrist who was yeah. really an amazing guy, who was saying early on, because he wasn't, I think he came to believe it was an objective, actual thing that was happening. Mm -hmm. But early on, his thing was, I don't know if it's really happening, but something's happening. So many people yeah. are to coming people, to me and, and telling me. And for some reason, something is 
incredibly compelling and like mm. really psychically exciting is happening to these people, right. that's worth taking serious. And I'm going to throw a wrench in there a little bit. Something yeah, I've been really interested in is this a phenomenon of disassociation and yeah. trauma. So a lot uh -huh. of these contactees and abductees have either um, near-death experiences or they have traumatic backgrounds. And when we are in trauma, when we are in fight or flight, okay, and I had a lot of trauma also as a young person through fights and alcohol, all, mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to get into all that. But when you leave your body, whatever the reason the mm -hmm. reason is, and you disassociate out of your body, yeah, like um, like astro travelers, mm -hmm. you connect into something greater than here, than this universe. And once you're connected into that realm, it stays with you. It's hard to change something yeah. maybe in your brain. So you can go in your science mind. You seem like a very science yeah. grounded guy. Yeah, no. You could take that though and expand it a little bit further into the metaphysical world. Yeah, I, I know? like this theory yeah. a lot yeah. because yeah. I do know that disassociation among kids who've experienced abuse is real and they take themselves to a place that's not where they're not getting beat up, right. you know. And my own sort of naturalistic view is well that's what that's the beauty of the imagination. Right. But they can have a huge transformative power on your whole life after that. So right. I get that. I, yeah, I just like, like that. a near death experience. Yeah. Are right. they going yeah. somewhere real? Yeah. Or is it in their mind? And does it matter? And does it matter? <laughs> right. Yeah. Does yeah. it matter? Well, that's heavy. <laughs> okay. no, it's super heavy. Are there people who are still dealing with the abduction phenomenon like John Mack did? Are there still people approaching it in that same way that are Very like, you know, so. that are open-minded about it? That That's still going on? Because I feel like it just, it was something you heard a lot about. Now you just don't as much. Yeah, no. And it's still going on. It's still going on. Huh. And people are still experiencing the abduction phenomenon yeah. just as much. As a matter of fact, MUFON has what they call their ERT team, uh -huh. which is their experience or resource team. So if somebody has contact, it's very they keep it very confidential. Um, and it's really just a good outlet for people experiencing these types of phenomenon. And, and it runs a gamut. I mean, we, you know, there's hat man and shadow people, which I experienced as a kid. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, come on, hat man, man, hat man. What the fuck is hat man? <laughs> that sounds man? awesome. What is hat man? Hat man. What's hat man? Hat man is like a dude with a giant hat. Hat, shadowy kind of. That's like that dude like, you were telling me about, the spring, spring heel jack. That's, what's that? Spring yeah. heel jack. That's, see, that's such a sort of. That's such an ancient feeling figure. You know what yeah. I mean? That's such a deep yeah. figure. The guy with the shadowed face with the right. hat. And I was telling Steve recently about, did you, have you ever heard of Spring-Heeled Jack? Mm -mm. I, I hadn't heard about it either. Yeah. So <laughs> Spring-Heeled Jack was this, I think contemporaneous with Jack the Ripper. Yeah. There were these sightings of this creature in London late 19th century, who could jump over walls, who could jump around. And the jumping thing is a big thing with a lot of this stuff, I feel like. In the Betty Andreassen case, there's these hopping aliens that are jumping over things. And in, China, in lots of Asian cultures, the hopping ghosts and hopping uh -huh. goblins and stuff like that. But Spring-Heeled Jack could jump over things, and he had this incredibly bright light on him, and he had these weird hats that shadowed his face, and he looked sort of like a gray alien. Yeah. But it was this widely reported thing. In, in Victorian-era London. So it's the same thing. So all that stuff goes back so far. And he would menace... He would menace women like who were like walking on the street alone, and this is a sort so of they interesting... connected it to Jack the Ripper, yeah, in yeah some it's scary. Ways. <laughs> but I, I am interested, like, because we started out talking, and you were pointing out how positive many of the people's experiences were. But there is this kind of tradition, like the Whitley Strieber tradition yeah. of communion, where it's a kind of a, a kind of a sexual assault 
that occurs. And I'm just wondering in your, in your research, is that a minority view? Is that a common view? Like what's going on there? It's one of the views that, okay. you know, both males and females are taken and, you know, eggs and sperm. And um, these young girls are, you know, have missing fetuses and uh-huh. uh, a hybrid program. And, yeah. you know, um, so that's a common theme that that's comes out. Theme. And Whitley Strieber is one of the big figures of the abduction oh, yeah. uh, phenomenon. And he, in the, I guess, all his life he'd been being abducted, which he figured out after having a really kind of earth-shattering experience, I think in the late 70s or 80s. And he wrote a famous book called Communion, which became a really, it was a... Wasn't it like a cabin in the upper, upper in the New York? In upstate New York, yeah. that's right. And and there was lights and things like that. And then he remembered through hypnosis uh, experiences of being abducted by, and it was a lot of these different kinds of there were the weird little blue men in the weird, like, there's a whole thing with these blue men in these kind of, like, workman outfits, which is a com- fairly common one, I guess, that people see. And different grays and tall ones and short ones yeah. and all these different things. And in some ways, it was a really defining text, I think, for the whole sort of abduction experience. One thing I, I wanted to just say is, like, uh, it's not really a question, but it's just sort of a, put it out there. And that is, since so many of the abductions are retrieved through hypnosis, one theory is that uh, they could be actually uh, false memories that are generated in the hypno, you know, the hypnotherapy itself. Mm -hmm. And that's not to discount, you know, the person's actual, you know, uh, experience, but that what they may have had is something traumatic, like a a childhood assault or something. Uh And then in the course of hypnosis, the hypnotherapist might tease out or suggest things such yeah. that then it looks that's like they were abducted. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's, whole complicated realm yeah. of false memory that, thing. That is a question I had. And um, when Dr. Leo Sprinkle heard of my connection to the ranch, as he was one of the investigators out there on the property, um, he put me under uh-huh. uh, for, I have a like hour and 20 minute recording. It took me like a week to listen to it back. Really? And it was an interesting experience because I too, like you, I'm like, well, I don't know if I trust my memory. What is this? I don't really consider Hypnosis myself a, a abductee or contactee. Uh-huh. I mean, I had these, you know, all these unusual things happen to me. So I was curious about it. So I did it. And the process was quite interesting. It's like a deep meditation where, you know, he took me down an escalator kind of thing where you mm-hmm. go deeper, deeper, deeper down, mm-hmm. deeper, deeper down. And I was aware and my eyes were closed and I was aware that I was talking, but I was in such a different place. And he was really good about not leading, not asking leading questions. Okay. Um, but when I listen to it back, there's one part of the tape that <laughs> still creeps me out to this day because uh. my voice literally changed to a little girl's voice. Right. And I say something like, and I wasn't scared. Like, it's just this creepy. Right, and I'm like, okay, that sounds me like when I was nine. Weird. And I was also talking like a nine-year-old. Like, I was like, and that, and that, and that, and that. And I'm like, you're not conscious of doing and I that wasn't as you're cautious. doing No. It. When it yeah. played back, I was like, what is that? Hypnosis alone is such a weird it's thing. It's so weird. It's like yeah, it's it such a strange thing. I don't know what the hell I think about hypnosis. Yeah. But, then, but you know, what's interesting is the whole kind of masking memory thing, or or the, which is what, you know, potentially, too, is being posited there. That it's like the alien thing is a masking memory for some real trauma that right. happened. Yeah. Whitley Strieber's thing, right. I think, Strieber. starts almost initially with... 
actually the memory is of an owl, I think, right? in that's his house. That's the whole book. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. And it's like, and that's how it starts. But that's the masking memory. Uh -huh. What he then figures out in hypnosis is the masking memory is that it was an owl. Yeah. And in fact, it was a fucking thing in his bed. It was aliens in right. his bedroom. Right. You know, so it's there's layers of, I yeah. mean, you yeah. could get endlessly lost in that thing, I think. So one of my vivid memories in the scariest night on the ranch. And this was at your ranch. ranch. This, this was, was at Albert well, Ranch. Well, the ranch I spent time on. Yes. Yeah. Um, we were there. It was the boys' mother's birthday. They were playing board games till like midnight. It was really early and the five kids were hanging out in the room and the hum sound comes up. So it's, you know, this low, like, hmm, that's what it sounds like. Mm -hmm. And um, all the power in the house goes out. The brightest light I've ever seen, brighter than the sun, no helicopter nose, no, no sound whatsoever comes through the bedroom window. We're all scared, panicking, the hum, the no lights candles, flashlights, you know, craziness. And all of a sudden that disembodied electrical voice from every orifice of the house comes out. And this is the memory me and my sister have specifically. And what was crazy about it is, so my sister and I remember this really scary night and I get the briefing document and it's quoted exactly what that said. So it was reported in the report. Basically it said along the lines of, we have allowed you to remain your friends will be instructed to remain silent concerning us. Okay? No, 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 no. Mm -hmm. and, and I have, like, missing... I don't remember, and my sister can't remember if we, like, scrambled and got in the car and drove back home, whatever. But what I do remember is when we got back to our house in Inglewood, I walked in the front door, and I fell to the ground on the uh -huh. floor, and I couldn't speak. Uh -huh. I was, like, paralyzed. My mom and my sister are yelling, what did you eat? What did you eat? Trying to figure out what's wrong with me. And I remember trying to say peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and I couldn't. <laughs> oh and so I go upstairs. After, this lasted maybe three to five minutes. They finally get me upstairs to my bed, and I had my first full-blown horrible migraine headache where you're vomiting, you have uh -huh. the tunnel vision, uh -huh. all of that. And those went on like weekly or biweekly for a few years, and they were putting me on all these different pills and medications. Finally, I went through biofeedback training for a year and got a handle on it. Uh -huh. But these boxes, um, that was my daytime sighting. So we were in the pickup truck. It was me, the youngest son, and the person my mom was dating. And we were driving in the Ponderosa Pines. There was where you could drive around the forest. Uh -huh. And there was this outbuilding. And we had stopped to get something out of the outbuilding. All of a sudden, that hum sounds. It sounded like a bee, like a, a electric almost. Uh -huh. And I don't want to say his name. He's no longer alive, but I just don't, I want to protect that. Sure. They're like, get in the truck, get in the truck, get in the truck. I looked back and it was like three to four feet off the ground in the tree line. And there was this lit box uh -huh. making the sound. Get in the truck. I, we look back, gone. Gone. Box is gone. Now, I didn't talk about that for a while. I'm like, that sounds nuts. But in the reports, <laughs> they saw it in the back of the house and the under sheriff saw the same, same box and a tree. And so he didn't want to approach the box. He gets his posse sheriff, goes to approach it, and he says that it's like the tree and the box went into the ground. That's from the sheriff. That's in a report? That's a in the report. report. Wow. Yes. I've never heard so anything multiple like this box. Actually, a humming box sounds thing. cool. They, I've never even heard they, it. It sounds really cool. <laughs> they, found yeah. the, they had a box experience at Skinwalker Ranch. Uh -huh. And then Trey Hudson, who has the South Skinwalker Ranch, who's a good friend of mine, um, he had the floor camera. Now, it's not the same type of box because this box-type 
anomaly three-dimensional box it's like a, a big one and yeah. what's really interesting it shows up on the floor camera so they have their team and they're very they're a great team they try to debunk everything they're scientific they have protocol he's a military guy uh -huh. really great i mean they have physicists they have paramedics these are educated people on his team and they're watching their the the people on the team they go into where you could see it on and they disappear we've got more on the way with Katie Page, right after a word from our sponsor. Oh, my stars, Steve. My stars and stripes. We have some exciting news. Shall we tell them? We should reveal that Chinwag is hitting the road again and going on a West Coast tour. Yes, that's right. If you missed us in your fair city, truly, friends, don't fret, don't fear, don't have a panic attack. <laughs> Do not panic. We will be recording live chinwags in May in Los Angeles, Portland, and Seattle. Yes. In L.A., we'll be at Dynasty Typewriter on May 14th. You can go to chinwagpod.fm slash Los Angeles for tickets. And on May 16th, we're going to be in Portland at Revolution Hall. For those tickets, go to chinwag.fm slash Portland. And we'll be at Town Hall, the great town hall in Seattle on May 17th. For tickets to that, go to chinwagpod.fm slash Seattle. You do not want to miss this. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be mighty, mighty. So get your tickets at chinwagpod.fm and we will see you there. Come on out, waggers. Come out, waggers. Come out. <laughs> Come out of hiding! <laughs> Have you ever wondered why we call French fries French fries? Or why something is the greatest thing since sliced bread? There are answers to those questions. Everything Everywhere Daily is a podcast for curious people who want to learn more about the world around them. Every day, you'll learn something new about things you never knew you didn't know. Subjects include history, science, geography, mathematics, and culture. If you're a curious person and want to learn more about the world you live in, just subscribe to Everything Everywhere Daily wherever you cast your pod. And we're back with more Chinwag. Uh, do you have any interest or experience with ghosts and things oh, like that? And yes. Can, yeah, right. <laughs> yes, so a lot. Know, I figured you probably would, Katie. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he's yeah. very open to the ghost thing, too. Oh, no, I, very, because yeah. I 100% believe in yeah, ghosts. No, I'm not a skeptic there. <laughs> do you connect in any way with the, with the I didn't so, used to, but I do now. You do now. I do now. I didn't used to. I compartmentalized and I kept them separate. Right. And now I'm thinking they're all like that's this. That's what I keep. That's more and more I start getting getting to that kind yeah. of thing, yeah. that they somehow all seem Inter manifestations of some kind of baseline thing going on. I, yeah. What about this, though? Like, you, you, Steve, I'm like, Steve's I'm just like, caught in the yeah. middle of this shit. It's just a shit storm of Batman like, and robot voices. You just, you're melting down, doctor, <laughs> professor. You it's a shit storm of Batman. Uh, no, I, I, I love this stuff, too, but I'm always, like, looking for another interpretation. Like, if you look at a psychological view... It, it is still really cool. It would be like, you know, you've got UFOs, Sasquatch, ghosts. I think it's a way in which we are organizing not our belief, not the facts, not our beliefs, but our hopes about the world. Like, I hope the world is a better place. I hope nature is mysterious. I, I hope that I'm a better person. Like, and then all this paranormal stuff comes as a way to sort of channel and organize those hopes. Does, uh -huh. that, does this make sense? And to say that there's some... There are entities that are 
supernatural that are going to guide us somewhere. Yeah, that it's like, not like it's not just like a machine hurling through space. It's not like a lump of, right. you know, rock hurling <laughs> yeah. through space in a nihilistic universe. It's going to get ruined. It's yeah. all gone when the sun expands. And yeah, that there's some there's some hope and meaning that would have been provided by traditional religion, but now we don't have that as much. So so in a way the paranormal is like a spirituality tradition uh -huh. that's emerging. This is my I'm working this out right now in this, <laughs> right, in this room. Oh, yeah. But that goes that to that idea sense. that we are manifesting something too. Yeah, yeah. We're pulling something out right. that is intrinsically there. Like it, it's not a dismissive view I have, but it's just a little different than, you know, that there really are aliens visiting us. I just, that one's, that's a hard one right. for me. Well, explain this then. Like, what about... <laughs> <laughs> Riddle me this. <laughs> explain, I mean, for me... There's so many like synchronicities yeah, yeah, and you get yes. into, do we have free will? I mean, yes, this gets yes. deep down in the rabbit hole because you talk about that, right? Synchronicities and deja vu and, yeah. and is there something else beyond our physical forms and what is our soul and how yeah. does that interact? And, and are we connected to all the, this strange phenomenon? Um, and I do believe that it's real because I've experienced it. And I, I also believe though, that people can sensationalize yes. and take things because we love, yeah. we're storytellers. We like yeah. to, you know, make yeah. a story great and that's how we remember it better and all that stuff. So I think both things exist, but I think it really gets into some just deep, deep topics it, of it what is. our soul is and what happens after and who's all out there. Yeah. We, we, Paul and I have talked about this before too. Like there is this tradition that goes back to like, like Emerson and Thoreau and, and then like the Blavatsky and the Theosophical Society and that, that you're first, a, that first you're a spirit and then you take on a physical form. Right. But then there's another tradition, which is like the Darwinian tradition, which is you first, you're a material form and then slowly the mind evolves later. And that's sort of how I learned, you uh -huh. know, but you guys are talking about this other tradition where you're a spirit you're pre existingly first. there's yeah. something spiritual yeah. and then it becomes, it becomes something. Yeah. Here's an interesting thing that you, you said something, sorry, this isn't just me, but you were talking about, you said something about the Tubi guys <laughs> looked like, looked like AI, looked yeah. like drawings of AI. Yeah. I know, I mean, I, and I don't know if this is any, but I know somebody who subscribes to the notion that AI is some sort of manifestation of aliens in some way. Well, right. That it's going to be some kind of, oh. that it's either be guided by them or we're going to manifest something through AI and they are going to be, is that a, is that, is that a, a wackadoodle thing that just this guy I know is saying? No, 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 that, that's not a wackadoodle <laughs> thing. I mean, there's some theories that they're, I mean, you look at Leonardo da Vinci, uh -huh. you look at Elon Musk, you look at these people that really change things, right, throughout humanity. And uh -huh. you're like, who's guiding them? What are they doing? It's you like so the starseed idea? Is, is that, that a starseed yeah. thing? Um, well, I think that can be that can connect to that, right? Because I researched that for a while. I kind of got in as my journey took me through diff many different things looking into. Um, one of them was that, like the indigo kids and uh -huh. the crystal kids and, you know, that. And so... I do believe if ET, if there's a seeding, if there's a changing of our DNA, and we look at look at our younger kids. So I'm the mother of five. I have uh, four boys and a daughter, well, and they're all adults now, and I have two grandkids. So I'm aging well, myself. Nice. But, well, but 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 I look at them and and their generations, right? And so I, you know, from 20 to you know, my 35, 20, 35, and these kids are growing up so much differently than we did in the 80s. You know, yeah. I'm a kid of the 80s. And I often wonder, is that some manipulation by ET, right? Mm -hmm. um, are we evolving into right. 
the AI, the right, and this alien, is all being and pulled this is along. all and that, part of it. It's a positive uh, spin on AI, it, that's for sure. It yes, really that is. it's some sort of yeah. manifestation of that that's going to serve us well. I hope it's, it's the positive. <laughs> it's the positive way to go with that, rather than it's going to screw it's everybody gonna... the way it seems to be. So, but that is sort of the 2001 it thing is. too, right? Yeah. That, that, that there's an alien intelligence that's guiding us towards a better technological and and mental and spiritual destiny of some kind. That's the that's the hope. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah. Why? Everyone else is doom and gloom on AI. So Everybody this is, the is only, doom yeah. and gloom. So it is a nice way to <laughs> yeah. look at it, that maybe it's going to be some positive thing that's going to do something good for us, you know, that it's going to be a different species that's going to do something positive for us. And maybe we can unplug it or something. No, you need a way to take them out. We're going to converge. <laughs> we'll, we'll be I, converged I, I with it. At some point, I do want to talk about the these purported uh, corpses or cadavers of aliens. And wa I want to talk about that a little bit too. At sure. Some point. Like, what do you think of that? Are, are those things real? And, 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 uh, or are those, are those hoaxes? You're going to open up that door. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, we don't have to go through it yet. If you had this other thing, you know? Well, um, so years ago, a few years ago, so the other, so I investigate the ranch, but they're, um, the Roswell 1947 yeah. crash, Roswell, New Mexico. As we know, there were bodies reportedly being there. One survived. Uh -huh. um, and so there was a rumor, or actually it wasn't a rumor, this general, Brigadier Arthur Exxon. Mm -hmm. Exxon? Yeah, Brigadier Arthur, Arthur Exxon, Exxon okay. said that one of the Roswell bodies ended up in a mortuary outfit in Denver. Okay? Oh. So a few years back, we get a report coming in from a nice couple out in California who worked at this mortuary. I mean, just trying to a, say this just, just some mom and pop, like, <laughs> funeral home? Well, it's, it's not just that. So I've been, I've, been, yeah, wow. I've been investigating this now for quite some time. COVID shut it down because I've been going to the Eisenhower archives, pulling documents, all this <laughs> stuff. But there's a really interesting – and talk about coincidence. My mom's living in an independent living home. So what, what happened is there's this bolt in the basement of the mortuary where they store the chairs and it sat there for decades and decades and the mortician whom I went and interviewed and filmed um, was curious like he didn't think there was a body in there come to find out a federal judge appointed by um, Nixon had a hold on this body. Always Nixon. Always Nixon. <laughs> had a hold on this body. <laughs> All comes right? back to Nixon. So yeah. curiosity <laughs> kills the cat and, and my my witness here my mortician um, pulls his he's such, he, he passed away recently so I'm glad we got the interviews but he pulls his caper Goes in, opens the vault. Okay, it's sealed, three seals. And he was mortified <laughs> to see a child in there. And he, it was uh, formaldehyde. All the visceral was removed. Genitals completely cut out. Orifices what? for ears. Heavy brow. He did not think E.T. He didn't believe in aliens. Not. Nothing. Yeah, you, he fine. thought hydro, severely hydrophysalic child or something. Well, he was a hang glider, and years later, him and his wife are in Roswell the hang gliding. Mortician. The hang gliding mortician <laughs> went to Roswell, learns about this, he, the the rumor that one of the bodies was in a mortuary outfit in Denver, and went, oh, "That's it. That's what I saw." And he, you know, he's like, he felt he disturbed this thing. The the body has been moved. I think I know I where it say, is, which is a whole thing. Yeah, I, right, I do. I right. can't say because I can't say. But what's interesting <laughs> is, so I've been, invest later, I've been investigating <laughs> yeah. this federal judge. I found out he was a crash retrieval specialist. He's also the infectious disease specialist. He he did major cases across the country. Come to find out, he. The person who owns the mortuary was a neighbor of Mamie Eisenhower, who's from Denver. 
They were all 33, the, the federal judge and that they all went to the same Mason Lodge, which is right by Fitzsimmons oh, Lowry. So this is whole thing. <laughs> oh my God. So if you ask me if I believe the bodies are real, yeah. yes, I do. Well, I do. Holy absolutely. shit. Allowed, but clearly some of like that alien autopsy film and stuff is not. That's not true. Yeah, right. That's, right, that's, that's not real. And some of these things look like it's like the Fiji mermaid or something yeah. with the P.T. Barnum yeah. thing. It doesn't look real. But that's the most compelling thing I've ever heard about and this And I stuff. think Eisenhower heard, with Is this a generally known thing? Or are you no, like, this is. You're giving us a news break. I'm giving here. you a news break. Wow. I'm the chin wag. I'm the chin wag. Controversy on the chin wag. That's amazing. I hate to destroy our, our <laughs> the chin wag uh, news. But what if, like, wouldn't they, if they're just trying to get rid of it, wouldn't it be better for them to just burn it? You know what I mean? Like, well, why but, would they? Keep it like but I that's guess kind of, but that's kind of classic governmental. Like you got to save everything. Well, yeah, maybe they, I'm always yeah. amazed no, that they I, still use paper yeah. in the government. Yeah, and yeah. the fact that they're still, you know, it's always like someday they're going to open the JFK archives, and I'm like, somebody didn't burn all that shit. Yeah, right. It's but it's the point. governmental narcissism that's like yeah. got to keep all this shit. We can't. We yeah. got to tag that and keep it because you don't want to destroy anything. I have, I have true. theories on that. Oh, yeah. And so <laughs> yeah. I have a whole, I told you, I, I told you. But yeah, I, you, I have yeah, opinions about right. everything. I have I, uh, so I have a whole shelf. Um, I, I have extensive library on all things UFOs, big, a whole shelf is on Roswell. Okay. And, and, and I know Don Schmidt and, and that, but I haven't read them and I haven't read them on purpose because I want to go where my research leads me. Okay. Sure. And so a question I get asked is like, why would they keep one? Why would they not just burn it? Yeah. And why would they? Keep it in the basement of a mortuary. It's like, my theory is it's like hiding a book in a library. Yeah. Okay? And <laughs> yes, I feel if smart. Eisenhower actually met an ET. That's and they connected. He doesn't, he's going to respect it uh-huh. as, a, as a living entity. Oh, he's going to give that respect. Wow. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. To have that empathy for that I and say, so. don't just burn this thing. Right. Like, and why was one body brought to Roswell? Well, I did confirm with Don Schmidt that we do know that um, Lowry was out there, okay, at the Roswell crash scene. But my feeling is, because Fitzsimmons at the time when Eisenhower had his heart attack and he was treated, it was one of the greatest military hospitals in the country at uh-huh. the time. So maybe perhaps there was an something, an organ, skin, whatever, that they had a specialist there at Fitzsimmons, and so they took one there. Why would you put all your eggs in one basket and just send them to Wright Pat? It just made sure. sense to me yeah. that perhaps take there was a specialist. Else. Take it somebody to deal with this thing. And maybe see what... it was a special something. I yeah. don't know if they have organs, whatever. Right. And that's why it had all the visceral, all the gen- – I mean, completely cut out, just gone. Sure. So – and I I think they didn't burn it because of empathy and because he connected well, also, to it. Yeah. The humanity of the being. There is a um, there's a little there's a really interesting case where they found this small it's like six inches long you guys are probably familiar with this it was in Chile uh-huh. and it was a little fetus sized person I think I've it, seen this but thing, it's yeah. its body was so further developed beyond what a fetus would be uh-huh. and it had this sort of long the miniature head. person yeah sort of, and yeah. and I guess like investigation you know it was celebrated as possibly an alien but then investigation reveals it's kind of funny because it reveals that it's human and has human DNA, but it it's also like their explanation, the scientific explanation is so bizarre. It's like, this is a bone 
malady that we've never seen yes. before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it is just, you know, believe us, that's what it is. It's, yeah. It has that kind of feeling. Are you familiar with that case? I am. Okay. We just did an interview with somebody. And even though for a while there was a hoax or don't pay attention to this, it's coming back around. Is it? has very, yeah, like, nope, we it don't know It is really weird. Is. It's super, it's super weird. weird. That thing. Yeah. yeah. It's the implant thing, too, is weird. The oh, sort that's of alien, a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah, that is a whole other thing. But wait, what's but, the implant thing? Well, this is that people are people will have an uh, an experience of some kind. I mean, I, I I'm sitting here explain. You, you yeah. explain what <laughs> well, it is. Kate. Well, John Lear, people will have different. You know, whether it's behind the ear, sometimes up the nostril. There's a lump suddenly yeah. or okay. something or a mm-hmm. pain or something. In, okay. On X-rays, and some of them have been removed, and they're magnetized. They're this. They don't um, adhere to the tissue like they should, and all this. So they've actually removed them, and and of course, like with so much ufology. They're like, oh, well, I did this. They removed it, and now it's gone. We don't right. know what happened to it. But yeah, a lot of people report <laughs> wow. like implants. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing I did want to ask you about is like, can, what's happening now? Like, why? Yeah. Why did it become UAP? Why did they decide we're not going to call it UFOs anymore? And the whole thing that happened with this revealing that there was a small department in the Pentagon run by this guy, a tip, yeah, yeah, Lou Elizondo, Lou Elizondo, who is a very kind of controversial figure. And and then it was revealed that that there had been a small funded department, and all of those things in the past couple of years, uh, all of these different reports were revealed, and there seemed to be this groundswell, a change, a sea change going on, and like wow, they're all going to admit that this is actually happening. And then it sort of goes back and forth. And now it's just, I can't figure out what the hell is going on. It's quiet. It's quiet again. <laughs> well, it sort of is quieter again. And it's like, you know, then there were these, there were hearings and you and and you had the head of national intelligence, uh, the woman, I can't remember her name, just basically sitting there going, oh, well, yeah, no, there's a lot of stuff we don't know what it is. Yeah, right. And, you know, it's just, so I can't keep a track of what's going on right, right now. We just recently had another hearing and we're due to have another one soon. Um I'm going to get myself in trouble here, Good. maybe a little bit. But. <laughs> That's what the chin wag is for. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I personally believe, you know, I, I follow it to somewhat of a degree. I was frustrated by that hearing when they're like, rewinding the tape and they the, the evidence they have. I'm like, first of all, learn your history, like – you know, for, that's where we could start is learning this history. I mean, when they said we've never engaged, you know, there's a battle of L.A. We have engaged and all this stuff. So a battle that, of that, L.A. being the battle, uh, there was the big battle of L.A. The, yeah, and we what? were engaging. In this I don't know what that is. Too. What the hell is the <laughs> battle of L.A.? What is the battle? That sounds awesome. That is awesome. Your point. I don't know my history. Yeah, yeah, Ignorant. What is that? Was there some like we shot? We shot dozens and dozens of rounds at this unknown craft, right? And it when, didn't, when it was this? In Los Angeles. Oh, yeah, I knew you were going to tell me Yo, the dates. Okay, I'm horrible okay. about dates. I need Dave Marler. <laughs> anyway, like, no. So my point being is I feel like this, whatever is going on recently yeah. with, with the hearings and, you know, they're protecting whistleblowers. There's a lot of good things that are coming out of it because we do have men and women that are going to be protected of it under this new law where they could come forward and not be prosecuted, whatever. But I feel like they're getting trying to get ahead of a narrative. I think they're trying to control a narrative. I think um, one thing that came out of the hearing, which what I perked up when I heard this is basically like, you know, it could be, 
you could be prosecuted if you're going to talk about your own personal stories, just meaning your average citizen that has an encounter. Basically, they want to kick us all out on the road and they want to take the wheel and control what's happening. We have new organizations coming on board that's taking reports now. So I feel like they're trying to get ahead of something and put the lid back on. So that's why it feels like we're taking one step why? forward, three steps back. It's really strange. Because, yeah. So we're going to give you a little bit, but yeah, yeah, yeah we're going to control that, it. It is that like truth we're gonna and control lies it. thing. And then they really have the odd. fear, the threat narrative, which mm -hmm. I, I believe they need that for funding and to get people's attention. How, how the so? government I, and the military like, military oh, this funding. could be a threat. Yeah. Um, so that's a whole thing going on. And then there's people believe that this is going to be the next like big COVID thing. We're going to have an alien invasion. It's a way to put in new laws and control and all that stuff. So don't believe it if that happens. <laughs> so, so, oh, I see. So, yeah. so the whole thing is some ruse to just like shut us all down. Control right, people. Like, right. Yeah, okay. They're setting up for something else. For something else. Yeah. But why was the change from UFO to UAP? I just find that funny. And again, is that a way of kind of like, let's not keep thinking of it that way. Let's think of it in this more mature way. Yeah, right. Because like, UFOs, tinfoil hats, yeah, yeah, it has, yeah. you know, the green aliens. It's, it's like psychedelics. You know, yeah. Like they don't want to, now there's all this great psychedelic research and they're trying to medicalize the psychedelic substances. And so they don't want to use that psychonaut language of like right. the hippie period. They're trying to rebrand it somehow or yeah. something. And now a very special commercial interruption. And we're back. I'm wondering what you think and what you think, Paul, about ancient aliens. I actually like this idea. Uh, just I find it kind of cool that they're that. Why are the aliens coming now? Maybe they were here a long time ago. Sure. There's some evidence of them. Well, what's your sense of that? I think there's a lot of interesting evidence about that stuff. And there's a lot of and it's a lot of stuff seems to make sense. And I don't know if you know about the Dogon people in, in West Africa who seem to have had it's it's a group in west africa that seem to have uh, astronomical knowledge well well out of the realm of what they should know and for a very long time about the star system of sirius and the fact that they knew it was a double star before anybody right. seemed to know it was a double star and that in this kind of story they tell in this in this group uh, that some visitors came from from a, a, a thing landed in, out of the sky and these guys came out and described where they were from and so that they have this ancient astronaut knowledge wow. that something was given to them. But there is no real sufficient explanation for how these guys how knew that Sirius knowledge. was a double star before anybody really did know right. that Sirius was a double star. So that's a good, that's always one that I think of as a good example yeah. of it. But there certainly are, I mean, it it seems, it's a cool idea. The thing that's, that's interesting is that uh, Carl Sagan, you know, who basically was one of the founders of SETI, which is the Search for Extraterrestrial right. Intelligence, he thought that um, if there were ancient aliens, it would be these weird stories, like from the Bible. And there's sure. a famous Babylonian story that's like yeah. fish so people come out. Well, and, no, and all of that stuff looks yeah. like, yeah. But then it got, what happened is he kind of backed away because like Eric Von Doniken did, you know, his stuff. And right. it got, he wrote all these books and yeah. popular kind of popularized the idea of ancient astronauts and so then the sort of more sober-minded astronomers sort of backed away from it a little yeah. bit. It's Do you feel that sometimes that like there's some people that are like, you're you're going too far. This is getting too wacky. This is too wacky for me. This is too – do you have that sensation that it's like – Yeah, yeah, very much. And, you know, that and I also – you know, there's interesting people that are kind of 
pocketed in this field kind of, I don't know what they're doing. Um, I don't know. Obviously, the military, like I talked about earlier, they have secrets they need to keep. They want to know what's being reported. But I also feel like what's really going on here and why are these people here? But um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, so yeah, for sure, you know, definitely. There's some people to go too far. Yeah, and, and that's why I try and stay grounded in research and documents. You're right. And, and that's an important piece of it because I too, I have people that I've interviewed that I, even though I've experienced so much high strangeness and so many things, shadow people, I've experienced these things. Um, the big basketball blue side orb, which was really, that's a whole interesting thing. So once I started looking into. <laughs> you, you had endless interesting things. <laughs> so when, when I learned of the ranch and the doctor, I started kind of re you know, relooking, you know, investigating the ranch. I'm at my home in Centennial, right? Mm-hmm. And. And it's so great that I journaled about it. Hint for people, if you guys experience weird things, whether paranormal, whatever, journal about it. Write mm-hmm. the time, write yeah. the whatever, because you yeah. forget. Our memories are yeah. right. So luckily, I journaled about it because I had forgotten the whole piece of the puzzle. I just remembered the big basketball-sized blue orb in the corner of my bedroom. Mm-hmm. But I didn't remember what had woken me up. And what woke me up, my boys were like into Legos. And we had this red Lego bucket. And the Lego bucket tipped over right next to my bed. It was right. So the Lego bucket tipping over woke me up. I wake up and in the corner of my room is this blue orb, this ball. And it just was sitting there. I'm like looking at the cable box. I'm looking at the smoke detector. I'm like, what is this? (laughs) And my husband, Steve, Steve, my husband, Steve, 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 wake up. And he wakes up and he sees it and it just goes. And at that time, the auto lights on the house behind us are going on and off. Uh-huh. And so we were both waking up about what the heck was that? And it wasn't until years later when um, Skinwalkers at the Pentagon come out, came out, that book, mm-hmm. that they talk about these blue orbs and they've seen it. And in that book, it states, don't assume they're extraterrestrial in nature. Right. We possibly have that technology as maybe a monitoring or some sort of <laughs> surveillance or something like that. Right. And I'm like, what is that all about? Well, isn't ball lightning a whole thing though too? That's like oh, a strange. Here we go. No, <laughs> yeah. no, I'm not suggesting. But but I'm always <laughs> sorry, sorry to bring it all down. But I mean, ball lightning is a thing that they still aren't entirely. I mean, but not in your bedroom. For, yeah, I, exactly. <laughs> it's like not gonna, boy, that with the Legos falling over and waking and your husband—that is like straight out of Spielberg. That's like yeah, a Spielberg movie. Awesome. It really is. That's amazing. That's, a, that's yeah. So there's that. Yeah. Uh, you saw Hatman and you saw Hatman. I on, didn't see Hatman. He was coming back I never saw, and I'm glad I haven't seen Hatman because yeah. Hatman would scare me. Yeah, I would I love to see Hatman. But I have seen Shadow Beans. Okay, there I've we go. I've seen the Shadow Oh, figures. yes, this is a whole other thing. Yeah. Talk about that. What are the that Shadow was, That was at the ranch during those ranch years. And I never slept alone. I slept with my big sister. We right. had the bed up against the wall. I'd always you know, check the boogeyman. You know, you're looking yeah. for the boogeyman. But I would have these shadow beans inside the doorway where the bedroom door yes. was, by the closet next to my oh. bed. And they'd always come in two or threes. Uh-huh. What, what do you think um, of the sleep paralysis theory that you're like sort of not – Yeah, sleep. you're not quite – you know what I mean? Like right. people feel that they're they're not quite awake and they're not quite asleep. And many people will report a figure in the room. Right. Have you heard that kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, I have. And I think that's plausible. That's I mean, plausible. we do – yeah, that's plausible. We have sleep paralysis. That's a real – 
Yeah. Thing. So but the shadow person thing is a whole thing, though. Right. And they're not it? ghosts and, to me. I mean, they right. were not. I believe in ghosts 100%, <laughs> oh, but these sure. shadow figures no, that's were not a different ghosts. Thing. But yeah, people it wasn't see like those. My dad but don't or, people see those things out in, uh, 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 like out in the, uh, out in, oh, street, yeah. in the street oh, yes, and yes. stuff? I mean, yeah. people are being followed by these shadow yeah. beings. Yeah. That's a whole other phenomenon. Yeah. And that sense of being watched, that went on until I was in my late 30s, early 40s. Really? Have you ever had experience like that? Of feeling like I'm being watched? Yeah. Or shadow beings? Yeah. No, I don't think, well, I mean, yeah, sort yeah. of. I, there definitely, I, I, I was in a, I lived for a while in a place in London oh. where there was definitely a sense of something in, uh, for several nights running in the doorway that was indefined, that was shadowy yeah. and was there looking into the room and it would sort of be there. I would wake up and it, would, it was there. Mm -hmm. And um, I never actually connected it to that until mm -hmm. you're telling me this now. Yeah. So that's actually so, but the feeling of being watched. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, yeah. I, I, have, I have that feeling that. too. Yeah. Yeah. I have that all the time. Right. I yeah. wonder if there's um, people that, uh, do you think that there are people that are being chosen to get certain revelations or that that people there's a certain kind of person that is um, more more of a believer personality, and they're just more sensitive and can perceive things more than the average person. Yeah, see what I'm saying? Yeah, that somebody's sensitive to it more yeah, so than right. other that somebody's people. More sensitive. I think there definitely seems to be some people who are. Yeah, yeah. something I found, and I found because that's a question I often have, and I don't think there's chosen people. Okay. I think I think. We're, we all, it's like we can all work on a, like a muscle. We can all become more psychic or intuitive mm -hmm. or all these things. We all have that ability to oh. remote view and all that stuff. But we work at it and practice and read about it just like anything. But what I have found interesting is it seems like a lot of abductees and contactees, they are really more open-minded people. They're not dogmented into certain religious. They're more open spiritually. Mm -hmm. And I think that that whoever might be contacting the, these individuals, that's why they they're kind of, yeah, right, because they're, they're more they're open already, and accepting of it. They're yeah. already open and not dogmented. Cause as, and that you feels know, very you know, religious to me too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a religious person would be like you, once you're open to it, the spirit will move through you. Through you. And, and the person that's close to it, the spirits, you know, you're still waiting, like you're not yeah. there yet. Or and some people don't want to see it. Right. They get, they're just wanna, so yeah. grounded in our physical reality. Yeah. And that's why I think we incarnate, right? For our five senses. Because when we're in spirit form, we can't do this. We can't taste food. We can't have these emotions. And that's why we're here. And some people are just so grounded into that. 3D reality, yeah. they don't want to go out and experience yeah. Hatman or anything. I don't want to have that. You know, so forget it. <laughs> so you won't see it. And maybe that's part of manifesting. They don't want too. to experience yeah. Hatman. Yeah. Well, we you have been extremely generous with your time. With your time. Oh, yeah. You really yeah. have. Yeah. It's been yeah. fun. Yeah, really, fun. really. This is amazing. And Thanks. I learned a lot. Well, that was something. Down the old rabbit hole, right, Steve? Yeah, that was amazing. Crazy. Yeah, we got we got a lot of useful info from Katie Page there. Uh chilling and weird. Yeah, some I, scary ha stuff. Hat, yeah, hat man, that's it. I'm 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 with hat man, I'm good. I'm done. We need a good new Marvel like a new Marvel character, hat man or something. <laughs> a franchise. Fantastic. Listen, I would play Hatman in the Marvel franchise. Okay. So let's put that out there. Listen, folks, thanks for joining us once again. We love you. Please yeah. email us. Drop your thoughts in the comments. Give us a review, etc. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, adios from the Chinwag. Chinwag is a production of Treefort Media and Touchy Feely Films, hosted and executive produced by Paul Giamatti and Stephen Asma. 
Executive producers for Tree Fort are Kelly Garner and Lisa Ammerman. Dan Carey is executive producer for Touchy Feely. Our series producer is Rachel Whitley Bernstein. Our associate producer is Andrew Miller. Original theme music by Luke Topp, with additional music by Via Mardot. Oscar Guido is our executive in charge of production. Tom Monahan is head of audio for Tree Fort. Animation created by Alex Sokol. Audio production, supervision, and editing by Maxwell Carney. Additional audio assistance and mixing by Jeff Neal. Video editing by Brian Barcheski, with additional production management from Renee Levesque. Clara Wong is Celestial Empress of Benevolent Knowledge. Lastly, for more information, go to chinwagpod.fm and find us on Instagram or TikTok at chinwagpod or on Twitter at chinwag underscore pod.